What's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Chris Featherstone here for you in another episode of Unscripted. Listen, it's Tuesday night. You know what that means. I have some of the biggest, the baddest, the best wrestlers of today and yesteryear. And guess what? Tonight is no different. Why? You always ask me that question every week. Today's no different because we have the champion of champions, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it, there's a, I'm, I, I've been a wrestling fan, as many know, for uh, 36. Six years, I think as long as this guy's been alive, I think, actually. Um, I promise I'm not too too much older than he is, I promise. But at the same time, I've, I was a little kid when I started watching wrestling. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's I'm a traditional wrestling fan. I love traditional wrestling. I love wrestlers that look like wrestlers, that look regal and look cavalier and look like they just breathe a different type of air. And this guy has that aura to him that he just breathes a different type of air and, and his wrestling uh, character. And I, I love that. I love those type of wrestlers. I'm a big fan of that. And uh, there was a company that, you know, he, he ran, he was basically the, the, the face of for a long time. And uh, he, 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 he had that different type of air. He's been champion in many promotions, ladies and gentlemen, and he's not done yet. He's still got, there's a big thing coming up, big, big event coming up in a few weeks. He's going to continue to be the workhorse that he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to continue to breathe that different type of air that only him and some a few other people can share that air with them, but not many. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Nick Aldis. How are you tonight? Hey, doctor, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that that that. Let's just let's just tie a bow on it now. I mean, I can't follow that. I, I mean, I, nothing will nothing will take me higher than that. And um, I I appreciate that very much. I, I I don't feel like I'm breathing rarefied air right now. This is past my bedtime. Yeah, Indeed. dude. I'm I, I'm a dad. I'm a dad when I'm not when I'm not wrestling. I'm a dad, and I'm 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 uh, I'm uh, it's way past my bedtime. I hear you, man. I'm an, I'm a night owl, man. I've got I've got three. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I used to be Mickey. Mickey's a night owl, so it's kind of like yeah. And I'm and I'm I'm an early riser now. I, I usually get up about five a.m. and, and kind of get some get some work done and stuff yeah. before before the school stuff and everything starts because I'm just I'm better at locking in and getting on with my work, like running the business and stuff like that. I'm better at doing that as soon as I wake up, like no distractions, just straight to it. Get some deep work done, and then I can sort of work out and figure out the rest of my day yeah yeah it's interesting because a lot of people are either those early risers or the night owls i'm a night owl and i kind of have that same type of mindset i usually go to sleep between 12 and 2 although i have to be up at 7 7 15 in the morning with three kids ah, yeah. da, da, you know what i mean right. and uh school and stuff like that although my wife does a fantastic job doing that uh, you know, it's still interesting. I'm a, I'm a therapist, so I still got to get up early and, uh, and get ready and get, start with my clients. But I'm right. still asleep between 12 and 2 because similar to what you're talking about with the 5 o'clock, I'm like that with like 1.30 a.m. Just mm. the world is asleep. You know, everybody's just kind of resting. And that, that's the time that I just kind of recharge. I'm reading. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm just reflecting. I'm doing all those things. And so I yeah, love it. That's, that, that's, that's what Mickey's like for sure. Mm, good stuff before we uh, get into these questions man uh you've got a big uh, event coming up in a few weeks yeah contest of champions in um tom's river new jersey i'm uh, i'm very excited about this event 
um there's it's a it's a really great lineup and uh uh um i can't remember uh, i know that there's uh, i know that it, the, there's some fundraising involved with the show um and i i forget what the cause is now so i apologize but um it's uh, it's it's a great group of guys who are putting it together uh and um the lineup is you know it's really high quality it's uh, i know that um matt cardona is going to be there tommy dreamer is going to be there sergeant slaughter mm-hmm. Addie's maggots sarge is going to be there uh sting is going to be there right is uh, <laughs> did, I, did i see that right that stinger's going to be there it's going to be there, gonna be there. Uh, i mean come Gucci. on man this is this uh, is uh this is high level stuff so i'm 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 blessed to be a part of it good stuff man good stuff and that's december 3rd right yes yeah december 3rd tom's river new jersey fantastic all right man uh before we uh before we get into uh, these these questions, man, anything else uh, coming up the pike that you want to plug? Um, no, I will say that um, fans in the uh, New York area, uh, I did just confirm um, a, a date for Dece- another date for December, uh, and it looks like I'm going to be wrestling a guy who I have wanted to get in there with for a very very long time. So um, keep an eye out on my socials for the next couple of days when that gets uh, official announced. Um, Cause uh, I'm looking forward to that one. And that one will be, that's another good show with, uh, I think it's going to have a high quality lineup, but yeah, this, this, this guy I've, I've wanted to, I've wanted to mix it up with him for a long, long time. Fantastic. Yeah. And clearly he's purposely not saying the guy's name for, so just to whet your appetite. Look, 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 I'm business, man. Hey, (laughs) the the promotion, uh, we, we just, we, we just, uh, we just confirmed it um, today, actually me and the the promoters. So good stuff. Yeah. All right. So you ready to dive into these questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Rorito's asking, uh, who were your idols growing up in wrestling and what was your toughest feud? Uh, idols growing up so anyone who's um heard me or followed me you know closely will know that um bret hart was my guy very much uh a hitman fan um he i I think he was the first wrestler that as a kid i thought oh he's the coolest one you know he he was cool like there was something about bret he felt younger and fresher and just he felt more cool like he didn't you know maybe it's because i'm british and we you know we lean to be a little towards being a bit more understated Mm. um but you know i remember being able to identify that i knew hulk hogan was the biggest name i knew hogan was you know everyone knew who hulk hogan was and i loved ultimate warrior like a lot of kids did like he was but you know guys like that don't get me wrong like that's a that's a major part of the business um and at that especially at that period of time it was you know that was definitely the flavor that people wanted but maybe because i was really i was a big sports kid you know my dad was a rugby player and i played all kinds of sports i was the youngest brother so you know i was super competitive always trying to play sports it did everything i mean you know football swimming judo tennis i mean just like just on and on and on and brett i don't know he had that feeling of he felt more like a and a pro athlete mm-hmm. like he had that sort of vibe about him he, like he was taking it seriously and it was like you didn't and it, and i think later on i thought about this i think i think when i was younger it was kind of like you weren't 
quite as uh, embarrassed, you know, by Brett. Like, as a, you know, if you had people like you, like my mum and dad watch wrestling, and they watch this, you know, with and if you got like a crazed lunatic who's like, you know, super tan and oiled up and screaming at the, you know, screaming down the camera, like we think that's cool, but like it's not as easy to justify to someone. Who, but like Brett, you know, you could see people kind of go, well, he's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. Brett was probably the first one. And then obviously as I progressed and started to sort of once it, like once I really sort of articulated, like I love the business um, I, and I think I want to do this. Maybe I, you know, started sort of formulating that thing. That was a, around the time where rock was the man, like 2000 rock and triple H mm -hmm. like the attitude era and stuff that was captivating me, but I was still, I was like a young, I think, you know, I was sort of 12, 13 as that was sort of coming up. Mm -hmm. So hadn't quite got to, I was like, I was completely enamored by it, but I wasn't yet getting to that point where I was going, I think I might want to do this. That was probably 2000. So it was like rock and triple H were the two guys that I was, you know, just completely enamored with. And, and, you know, start that's th those are the guys that sort of made me, go, you know, I want to be like that. Yeah. Nice. Um, and he he asked he asked about my toughest. Did he say yeah, toughest feud? Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it depends how you mean by tough. I mean, obviously, you know, the rivalry with Cody is brought up a lot. I don't, you know, I mean, it was very very even. You know, very competitive. Probably the most competitive feud because like we competed on everything. You know, and and obviously we have uh, we we have one victory each. So you know, I guess that that one was is probably the uh the the most like um uh what's the word uh stalemate ish you know <laughs> it's also the one that's kind of like locked horns you know yeah. no no conclusion yeah. yeah 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 interesting with the with the bret hart uh thing you know growing up being a bret hart fan i'm a sucker for good theme songs nick and uh dude, dude we were just talking about this like so I, I I love, there were some clips of the because yeah. it's because 25 years since montreal and so there's been all these clips going around and like mm -hmm. i heard mickey Ordrana, and it was you know brett's entrance stuff and i was just saying you just it's amazing like yeah. that music man was yep, just yep. yeah it's like so important drumming and uh yeah you, do you remember that commercial when the little boy was the little kid yeah you know yeah <laughs> yeah shades. yeah I, I i remember that vividly so 100 i mean that's what i'm saying is like he had that he had that different kind of aura to him mm -hmm. you know like a sort of like more of an athlete like he you know really felt like someone that you know you could look up to yeah. like a role model you know yeah yeah Good stuff. Kelvin's asking, uh, Helen, big fan. How was being a part of the main event mafia with Kurt Angle staying in Samoa Joe? Uh, just very, very flattering. You know, I always felt out of place. <laughs> uh, I remember when I was told I was going <clears> to <throat> be in it, and I remember just thinking, that can't be right. You know, I'm not like I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet. And um, and and then. It was, you know, Sting and, and Kurt and stuff had sat, you know, they sat me down with with the with the um, creative team and said, no, 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 like here's here's what we're going for. Like we want, we don't want it to be like the last, like the last main event mafia. We want this one to be different. We want this one to be like past, present, future. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that and obviously again, that's a you know major major compliment. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was 
it was a really fun part of my run there because yeah. it was because I got the rub, you know, I mean, it worked. It was, I'd really, I got the rub from those guys. Like that was a good example of when doing something like that really helped. Um, I already, I was get, I had got the rub from Joe, like totally got the rub from Joe in the leading up to that. And then that was a sort of continuation of it where it was kind of like, okay, he got the rub from Joe. He kind of uh, held his own. Okay. Now let's, you know, let's go a step further. And a lot of that was sting sting. Always. He always spoke up for me. Yeah. He was always really good about that stuff. Uh, now, who was a part of the creative around that time? Um, uh, David Lagana. Um, I'm trying to think. So it was, it was right around the time that it was transitioning from, like Eric Bischoff was still there. Okay. It, but it was it was John Gaburik. Yeah, it was just, the last one. It was big. Big, he had big, big had just got there like he had oh, okay. just got there like he came in his first day was in i know we were i remember we were in louisville hmm. and that was his first day and like i remember because you know we he we had like a one-on-one -on -one. he took me took me took me to the side and said like you know I, i'm i'm gonna give you a big push nice. um or was that because i was kind of already i was kind of already heading that way and he mm -hmm. kind of went you know i just want you to know like i'm i'm you know i'm all about this and you know whatever and i just kind of went yeah i won't let you down nice. um and um yeah so i think he was uh, I, I bruce was there too because i remember being quite nervous about the the like the promo the debut of the mafia stuff mm -hmm. and it was in vegas and i remember that i was you know, I really knew that it was sort of like a, I had one chance to get it right. And it was a sink or swim sort of thing. And I remember coming back and Bruce being like, nailed it, you know, like great job on the promo. And I was like, Whew, you know, cause it was, it's scary when you've got, you know, three stars yeah, and they're already out in the ring and now they're going to go. And the fourth guy is, you know, I was sitting there going like, this could be a massive popcorn fart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, luckily it, it wasn't, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't like it blew the roof off the place either, but it got, but it got a, a positive enough mm -hmm. response where I went, Oh, okay, cool. And then, and then I, I had cut a good enough promo. I was always confident enough in my mic skills, you know? So I was kind of like, as long as they didn't totally fart on me on the way out, I was like, okay, cool. And then, and then I had the the promo, and the promo kind of, you know, sealed it. So then we were yeah. all right. We're off to the races. Very nice. Aaron's asking. Uh, I was in Fairfax, Virginia, for the ROH TV uh, taping leading up to All In. As a fan, your program with Cody was so much fun. How much fun was it for you? You uh, you briefly spoke on that, but. What are the chances of seeing a rubber match, EX? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, there's always a chance. Uh, obviously, you know, something pretty significant would have to happen for that to uh, be a possibility currently. Um, I I loved that angle. That that's that to me is the most enjoyable stretch in my career. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you why. Because it felt like it really had this sort of old school feel to it. Not, be, not, not because of what we did. Cause I thought what we did was actually pretty cutting edge. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, the way we did it, like I thought a lot of it was pretty innovative. Um, but the, the, the fact that it was like 
it, there wasn't this there wasn't this plan you know it wasn't like it wasn't a creative team and there wasn't a you know there wasn't a sort of uh you know multi-million dollar marketing machine behind it and creating all this effort it was it was he and i and we were just sort of just just going by the seat of our parents do you know what i mean like where should we go next? What about this? Yeah, now let's do this. This will keep it going. It was all very organic, like, and it felt more like how they would have done. Like, it felt more like how somebody like Harley Race or mm-hmm. Dusty or Rick or something would have done a would have done a program with each other. When you know, if they were working in a territory or something, like, mm-hmm. let's you know, let's see how they react. Okay, right now, let's do this. All oh, like you know, they're biting on it. Let's capitalize on it. Hey, what about this? You know, there was there was we just knew we just knew the finish line you know we just knew like you know what we want to get to right we know what the moment is as i just remember that was it just it really kind of it really gave it really taught me a lot like in terms of it really gave me this epiphany of like if you you if you always focus on like what's the moment at the end of this right like what's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if you don't lose sight of that yeah you'll always end up doing something good if you if if the thing at the end is like worthwhile yeah um and i think that i think so often in wrestling it's it's so easy to just overthink stuff and overcomplicate stuff and and you know tinker with it too much or or try to start with too much and and not let the people kind of tell you like we're digging this right like we're feeling this over here and then you go okay cool they're feeling that so like how do we go with them right this is a very to me i always feel like it should be a very uh, you know symbiotic relationship between like the booker and the audience because mm-hmm. you're kind of yeah. like what are you digging okay i'm i'm picking up what you're putting down you know like and then right cool right let's go over here so and that's how we did it and it just and it, you know obviously it's, it's just no better feeling than when it works so and that worked what's the what's the fine line with that though like it's it's one of those things that you know, fans can be a bit fickle at times yeah. and, you know, just kind of oscillating quite a bit. And so keeping the eyes on the end game versus organically just kind of feeling what the pulse of the crowd is, that has to be a very, very, it's kind of fine type well, of detection there. Yeah, you're right. I think it, I think it starts with how over someone is. Sure. And Cody was over, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I were and, and look, I'm I'm not I I feel like I have a very realistic um, assessment of that whole situation, but I think the reason it worked is because by the time we got to Chicago, I was considered credible, you know, to to a similar degree. Sure, yeah. It would it would not have worked. It would not have had the feeling. It would it certainly wouldn't be something people are still talking about what are we now four years later it's still it would not be something people are still talking about if if it had if it hadn't been uh special to a degree yeah and i think i think a big part of that was because by the it could have very easily been a coronation for him mm-hmm. you know it could have very easily just been i just showed up and just you know been a sort of um necessary part of the equation right to just sort of okay here, here you go here's your moment yeah yeah but it you know but it, the the pressure was on me to sort of build myself up and and try to establish as much credibility as i could so by the time we got there people were like i don't know if he's gonna win this you know i think yeah. that this might like i don't know which way this is gonna go 
that's basically the the perfect storm you can have when you're booking mm-hmm. is you have an outcome that people want because that's to your point that's probably the hardest thing sometimes sometimes you go i don't know what these i don't know what the audience wants the outcome of this to be you know do they want that guy to win right. or do they want this guy to win especially now because we have a lot of like what i call dream match booking mm-hmm. which is like it's they've, they've just thought about oh this this guy versus this guy be a great match okay cool but like What's beyond story? that yeah. <laughs> like that's cool once but yeah. what, what about next time yep. Yep. you know how, like the really great matches are the ones where you've got two guys who have that level of chemistry but also you're really invested in who wins mm-hmm. and yeah. so in our case it was like we just it was a perfect storm like people went wow i'd love to see cody win that belt because of his father and the, how what how much it means to him and mm-hmm. look dusty and because and and i think that you know have dusty having passed away you know added to it it all because it was real, Chris. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it was all real. Like, but it, but we didn't, it wasn't real in a distasteful way. It wasn't like we weren't doing like a work shoot. You know, mm-hmm. it was, we were, we were going, no, it does mean a lot to me. Yeah. And yeah. no, dude, you are trying to way to, it was just yeah, rich. like, yeah. I, yeah. like, we did this, we, this thing where we had a, I remember when Cody and I were kind of discussing it once and I said, kind of boils down to like you're trying to do this for your father and i'm trying to do this as a father hmm. right because i had a young my son was uh, you know young then he was a toddler he's like three i think three or four so it's like one of the i would say one of my one of the one of the interviews i did i remember saying like everything you want to achieve as a son i want to achieve as a father so hmm. just understand that you know it means as much to me as it does to you hmm. right like in other words you're part of a dynasty like i'm trying to build a dynasty and it was all like yeah. so there's nothing in it that was pretentious it was it, it was real mm-hmm. and i'm going like yeah you want to take this from me and i've done all this work to build this thing mm-hmm. and you know i get that you want this moment because i understand that it means a lot to you too mm-hmm. like nobody could hear any of that and go oh well that's a wrestling angle right yeah right <laughs> they could hear, that's real yeah. but i wasn't going oh you know you're you know you're this and you're that yeah. like we had a lot of mutual respect and i think that was another part of it i think that captivated people was like these guys aren't going out and trashing each other mm-hmm. i see so much of that now like <laughs> just to you know two wrestlers just go out and just trash each other yeah. and i go okay well <laughs> like why would anyone buy a ticket you know you, like you got to build each other up as well yeah. like yep. you got to build each other up and then explain like <laughs> as good as you are i'm better you yeah. know yeah, that's it's not a respect factor there anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like I'm just going to tear you down and just yeah, have, yeah. have think, those have those promos and tearing it down before you know the match. You're supposed to respect. There's a level of respect that you're supposed to build each other up. I think there's. I think sometimes it's very easy to just to just go straight to. I want to win. You know, I want to win the promo battle. I want to win the mm-hmm. argument. Like it's a wrap, and, and they forget the fact that I, these, like, you know, I what I see, I see. So sometimes I think, you know, it's okay to put somebody over in a promo segment too. Sometimes, <laughs> like it's not just the match, yeah, right? Like yeah, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, and I feel like sometimes with promo segments, I feel like guys forget the fact that, well, you know, you can kind of trade it back and forth with yeah. each other, yeah. like the same way you do with matches. Because the bigger you make them look, if you beat them, you look bigger. You know what I mean? So right. if you there's bring a real, them down, there's a real, there's a real, uh, there's, a, there's a real sort of like this is a real, really quick funny story. Like I remember, do you remember? You might, I don't know if you how much you followed TNA, but like 
there was a very short-lived uh tag team with me and nigel mcginnis oh yeah we put us together for like and and people were like excited about it. we did some like we did some couple of vignettes we went to the mall and we had chelsea and like it was sort of yeah, like it was, uh, it was a bit like random but then we you know it was it had something we you know and obviously unfortunately it it it, it got cut short because of nigel having to you know retire or whatever but um i remember we were getting ready to do a, a, a an angle with the machine guns which I thought was great because it was a really good contrast. Like I, you know, I personally really think styles make fights. You know, I believe in that philosophy with wrestling too. Like I think it's, you know, I think David versus Goliath is better than Goliath versus Goliath, you know, or David versus David. Um, but we had this segment with the machine guns and I love both those guys. And we were, we were kind of just, kicking around ideas for it and i remember i thought of this funny line that they could say to us you know to like humiliate us as the heels and i remember saying to, to chris saban being like hey why don't you say like i've got I've got the line is about like tag teaming each other or something like so you know something that was kind of like because it, it, there was sort of seeds of who you know chelsea like who's she into and nigel was like i'm a big lady it was something like that right but it was I've thought of some line that would totally, you know, humiliate us. And I remember Josh being like, are you, are you cool with me saying that? And I went, yeah, I gave it like, <laughs> that's why I said it. Cause it'll get a good pop. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, but you know, I think, and I was like, well, yeah, it's just cause like I'm a heel. Like, yeah. Humiliate me. Like I'll be mad about it. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, that's kind of the yeah. point. Good stuff. All right, a two-minute lightning round here. Let's uh, fire away with these questions. Elvis is asking, hey, champ, what's the best quality you enjoy about your lovely wife and who should induct her into the WWE Hall of Fame when she gets the call? Uh, well, she has a lot of qualities. I think for me, um, her, her positivity, um, her, you know, her just absolute kind of her, her resolute belief that you know we, like she can make something work or we can you know everything's going to be fine we're going to make this work we're going to you know this everything's gonna be great like that's, that's probably my favorite quality about nice. and as far as the hall of fame i you know it would I'd, i would like to think that she would have a say in it but it's hard to hard to imagine anyone um before trish you know doing nice. it yep Guillermo, how was winning your first world title from Jeff Hardy and becoming the first British-born world champion for a major company in over 100 years? It was obviously like, well, you know, as you've mentioned in the question, very flattering. Um, and it meant, meant a huge amount to me, still does. Um, you know, that that Big and Dixie and, uh, you know, everybody in management there, you know, had the faith in me to do it. And obviously Jeff. Um, you know, it was a, a bit of sweet, it's a bit of a weird, I, I got a concussion in that match. And so, you know, I, <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever had a concussion and I remember, you know, and it was like, so having to process it, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, you know, I, I'm very proud of it. Very nice. Charlotte, uh, been a huge fan for years. I would like to know who's your number one influence in the ring. I would probably say Brett, but, uh, it's, but it's Brett, it's Rick. It's Harley, it's Triple H, it's Nick Bockwinkle, Scott Hall, um, Kurt Hennig, but Brett probably, you know, wins out the most. Okay. 
Very nice. Uh, let's see. A couple more quick ones. Um, a lot of people are asking what's next for Nick Aldis. Uh, yeah, well, let's, uh, free, let's free agency. Free, free agency. agency. <laughs> That's it, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I know it's been suggested that, you know, that there must be something, there must be something else. And it's, it's no, I like truthfully, um, I, I'm just, I, I want to explore free agency. I want to just be, you know, free of, um, uh, you know, a, contract and sort of you know a certain brand commitment you know like a sort of a branding of any kind for a minute and and uh and and just see what comes next yeah you want to be uh, in other words you want to be a true independent contractor yeah just uh, <laughs> it was you know just 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 it was just time to move on that's all sure know? sure yeah yeah, yeah. You know that's that's the joy of freelancing, man. You, right, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have I, like I have other businesses. I have you know Legacy Sports Nutrition, and we have some other businesses that we're working on. And it's so so, and you know, as far as wrestling, it's like at this point, um, I, I feel like I can deliver. You know, wherever, um, and I just love the business, uh, and I you know, I feel like I can contribute to a pretty high level. So it's it's just a case of um uh, if I, but but at the same time if i'm going to spend time away from my son and i'm going to take bumps <laughs> i got to be feeling it yeah, it's got to be something that i'm passionate about i got to yeah. be feeling it and i got to feel like it's going somewhere that's it dude yeah make it count absolutely yeah yeah good stuff uh one more plug for december 3rd and uh word to find you in your socials to uh let you, you know to to stay stay abreast of uh what's going on in the the world of Nick Aldis, especially some type of, you know, special announcement of you working with somebody. Uh, let <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I could take, but I just, I don't want to uh, take that away from the promotion. For sure. Me. Sure. Fair I enough. Out first. But, um, uh, but yeah, contest of champions. I'm very much looking forward to this. Tom driven, New Jersey. Uh, I'm wrestling Sean Donovan. Who's a very experienced guy. Um, probably deserves more, uh, attention than he's had and um hey maybe he'll get it <laughs> uh and like i said big lineup a uh, lot of lot of big names uh and i think it's going to be a, a really good night you know the guys involved in this know their pro wrestling and um the, you know they they they'll believe in what they're doing and i believe in what they're doing it'll be a great show good stuff and social uh, plugs socials i'm on uh, twitter at real nicoldis and then on instagram at nicoldis i'm verified on both i didn't pay for it <laughs> verified on both so look for that but don't get fooled all right if there's any fakes out there right don't right. don't come crying to me yes indeed nick it's all been right, a pleasure man. man good chatting with you again yeah you too thanks doctor have a good one see you Bye -bye.